Welcome to the Creative Tools podcast. My name is Ashay and I'm immensely passionate about using technology for creativity. On this podcast, I talk to various creators about what tools and technology they use to be creative. My guest today is Josh Christensen. Josh is an artist, designer and woodworker based in California's Central Valley and has a design company called J Wilder Design. In his day-to-day operations, he utilizes various forms of specialized technology, tools and procedures to help create hardwood furniture, home and personal accessories. Hey Josh, thanks for visiting my podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's dive right in. Uh, my first question is, what do you create? Uh, so I'm a, I'm a woodworker. So I create um, custom furniture, like dining tables, coffee tables, um, pantries and desks. I do also um, a lot of smaller things like cutting and serving boards, um, signs. And I'm actually starting to get into uh, wood jewelry. It's a new thing for me. So it's something I'm starting to explore a little bit. Hmm. That's great. Um, so the, I'm a filmmaker. So whenever I make films, uh, they, my creation process goes through, uh, like three steps. One is pre-production, then production and post-production. So, sure. uh, for, uh, while talking to you for these, for these creations of yours, I also want to follow kind of that approach. Uh, so I want to understand first, um, before you start creating, what happens in the pre-creation process? And I want to kind of focus on um, how do you, uh, the inspiration that you get to create something, how do you record that inspiration and how do you retrieve it when you want to create something? Um, so actually, I think social media is a big thing for me. Um, the, the woodworking community is, is really big on Instagram in particular. So I, I take a lot of inspiration from other woodworkers and what they're doing and techniques they're using. Um, not so much in terms of the design, but just how they're actually going about creating their, their pieces. Um, that for sure. I think, I think as far as the, the design aesthetic, I think, you know, Pinterest is another big one just to see kind of what's trending, what people are into and what, you know, what's going out of trend. Sometimes, a you know, a different, um, it's a different type of wood or a different color or a different shape or something. So that, that for sure. And then, and also just, you know, I just take a lot of photos. I mean, with, with my phone, when I'm out, if I see something, you know, in nature or architecture or something that, that I find interesting, you know, I'll, I'll take a video or I'll take a photo. Um, and I'm, I might not have any, any, anything in mind, any vision for it in the moment, but I try to document as much as I can, because I know that I can always pull from that later. And I, and I go through it regularly. You know, if I'm if I'm trying to come up with something um, for myself or a product, I'm trying to release to the market. You know, I'll go through that, look for patterns or um, something in the movement or or the colors or the shapes that that inspires me for that. So this is really great because uh, uh, you said that you go through your uh, recorded inspirations regularly. So um, do you do that only when? <clears throat> you feel that you want to create something or irrespective of whether you want to create something or not, you just go through your inspirations. I just, I just go through it all the time because I think sometimes it, 
it's it sparks an idea sometimes that I might not, you know, I, I don't necessarily th- sit down and say, I want to make this uh, type mm. of board or this table or something. And now I'm going to look through my, mm. my, my photos that I've taken, you know, I'll just, I just like to, I just like to do it. You know, mm. I just like to go back and look through all that. So, it, you know, I might see something that in the moment I didn't see, or I'll see a combination. Well, this pattern is really beautiful with this, this shape of this building or something. So, I'll, you know, that might be interesting for a, a table design or, mm. you know, or a piece of artwork or something even. So it's, it's um i just enjoy that process anyway it's a it's on it's a habit really that i've kind of formed i think over time hmm. great and then um you said you uh when you take pictures and when you uh, uh when uh, when you see inspiration or you try to record as much as possible uh about it so uh, what do you i mean do you have like a template or any kind of notepad or anything like that that you use to uh, record or you it's uh, the picture is only the uh, manifestation of uh, that and then everything else is in your memory it's yeah it's really that it's the the photo is the you know the picture says a thousand words I think like, you know that, that old saying so um, you know I keep I keep a special album on my phone so it's easy for me to find and it's it's literally just a grid of, of all these different patterns and shapes mm. and colors um, and you know every once in a while I'll, I'll take a specific note you know I'll I'll just jot it down on the notes on my phone or something, you know, I saw this, uh, this might be interesting for this design or, you know, but, but for the most part, it's just a gallery that I keep. Um, and sometimes I don't use it. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes that image doesn't do anything for me, but you know, if it's, if it, my feeling is if it moves me in any way, or if it sparks something in me in the moment, it's worth documenting because, because you never know. Uh, and I think, I know it's it's like a lot of people, you know, you might have an idea at three in the morning and you wake up and jot it down on a notepad and it's, you might never do anything with it. Um, but it's the same thing for me with the photos that I take. Hmm. And um, uh, I, I understand that when you said that, okay, it sparks uh, something or it, it moves you and then uh, you record it, but then do you... Uh, try to record what you felt as well when you took that image and then uh, maybe that can inspire you later or uh, it's the it's the image and probably the Instagram uh, or social media images that you only record and that's it uh, no I definitely take, take notes I have a I have a list I, do, I keep and I'll say you know I'll put it in, in parentheses or something after it you know here's here's this idea I have and it's, it's this photo I took at this location on this day. And that's what, you know, if I want to reference that again, because some, if otherwise I might read that note later on and say, I have no idea what this Getting. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I definitely do reference those and I do keep notes. Um, I would say it's about 50, 50, you know, I, okay. I don't always take notes, but I, they're important definitely. And, and, and I definitely have gone back and referenced those um, for some products that I've designed or some patterns that I've come up with. So it's definitely helpful and it's definitely a tool that I use every day. I, I, I was actually talking to a sculptor yesterday and then he said that uh, whenever I see something, uh, I try to also write notes about the environment around me at that time. Like, what did I smell? Or like, what did oh, I, yeah. uh, uh, what, what did I feel? And uh, 
um and he he just goes with his notepad everywhere and they just write writes that down um so that's why i was asking these questions like do, uh, what attributes of the environment that also you, do you also record the attributes of the environment around you when when the inspiration hit you oh yeah because sometimes it, i mean if you don't i feel like it can get, it can just get lost in the void like right. i said you look at right. it months down the road and go what was i thinking what is yeah. it like i have no idea where this is coming from and you just toss it but it could have been a great idea so Yeah. So the notes that you mentioned, uh, I understand it's fifty-fifty, but the notes that you mentioned that you take is that on your phone, or do you have do you do like handwritten notes? Uh, it's mostly on my phone. There's a there's a um, depending on where I'm going, I actually have a notebook. Uh, it's called a it's called a rocket book. It's like a reason reusable notepad mm. that I can I can then. So it's basically just like jotting on a. a, a it's almost like a whiteboard, but it's a piece of paper. So you jot with a special pen and then you can take a, take a photo of it. It comes with an app. So then you, that photo just translates straight to that app. Oh, okay. And then, you, and then I can wipe the page clean and reuse it again. So it's, um, you know, I can go in, I can go into the app later on and check again, a couple months down the road and say, here are these handwritten notes that I have with this little sketch that I did out, out in the world. Um, it's it's super useful because it, I mean, it doesn't waste a lot of paper and it's this little thing that I can carry around with me. What is it called? Stacks. It's called Rocket Book. Rocket Book. Okay, interesting. Yeah, they they have different sizes, and they you know it's um it's been it's been super helpful with me even with you know client meetings and stuff. I can go out and uh, you know jot down a note or do a little sketch for them or something. I can upload it to my to the app, so it's in the cloud, and then I can just wipe it clean, and I don't have to carry around these thick you know thick notebooks that I have on bookshelves everywhere. So mm-hmm. it's it's. Yeah. And then do uh, do you tag uh, as well uh, when when you t- when you do a sketch uh, do you add any particular tag or anything to it so that you can find that sketch later? Yeah, so it actually allows you to you can you can categorize things too to specific um, depending on what it is and it, you know I also I always just make a little note of um, you know who who it's for or what it was or where mm. it's from so it's I can easily reference I just do it in the corner or something so I can easily reference it that way. Um, no it's a it's a it's a super helpful tool and it's it's um i'm 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 one of these sort of organized chaos people i mean you don't don't look at my desk right now yeah, yeah 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 i know yeah. i know where everything is but it's but that's that's been something that's really helped keep me organized um with instead of having a million pieces of paper everywhere which can get pretty pretty crazy sometimes so and and this this rocket book uh you were talking about uh does it also transform your handwritten text into like actual text that you can uh search for it later you know i think i think it does do that i don't quote me on that though because i i've never i've never used it but i feel like when i was looking into it i, I think that was an option yeah mm. it can it can translate it into something you know into a text document or something mm. okay. interesting and but then when you when you, whenever you save uh from that whenever you save that to cloud that only gets saved in its app or it gets saved in your like photos uh app on your phone uh it, it's just saved in their app yeah in there and app. then i can okay. but then but then i can i can transfer that you can actually you can actually set it up you, you let me backtrack a little bit you can set it up so that it um it saves to say google drive or hmm. uh what's the other one dropbox if you have dropbox or you can email it to yourself If you have employees, you can email it to your employees. So they have these different little icons. Um, you know, so you scan the photo, you go in the app, and you can say, "I want to save this to Google Drive." Hmm. Um, 
or this one, or in this case, I want to email this to all my, everyone involved in the project. You can just do it directly from this app. Um, but it also saves it within the app so you can download it to your phone later if you want to. So it's, it's super, it's super well-organized. It's, I mean, it's one of the best, I kind of stumble on it. It's like 30 bucks. It's this cheap tool and it's, it does so many, so many cool things. Um, it's, I definitely, I mean, and this is not, I'm not like paid, by anything, but this is, a, it, I recommend it highly for anyone who's, who's any, any sort of creative industry, because it's, you just stick it in your, in your bag or you mm. know, stick it in your pocket or whatever. They have different sizes and it's, um, I just found out about it a few months ago and I, I use it almost every day. So. Mm. That's great. Uh, this is new information and uh, this was really helpful. Um, okay. So next question is, so let's um, now uh, focus our attention to the creation part. Um, sure. So for actually creating uh, the, the stuff that you are creating, uh, what tools and technology do you use? So I actually, um, they're, they're mostly uh, specialized tools for woodworking. Um, I would, I would say the most frequently used would be, I have a CNC router. Um, it's a, it's a small, it's a small footprint. It's about four feet by four feet, but I use that a lot for basically things that, that, you know, I, I would, uh, test to an employee if I had one. So it's almost like having an employee in a way I can, I can set things up in this. So it's, whether it's a pattern I want to cut out a specific shape or something, um, or if I need something done precisely or something repeatable, you know, so if I, you know, for example, with the, the jewelry, if I'm making a lot of little pendants or something, I want them to be exactly the same, exactly, you know, very clean. I'll stick that and stick that material in the machine, set it, it goes for a couple hours and I can be nearby doing something else. Hmm. So, so it's really, really ramped up my production capabilities and also just um, what I'm able to do and provide for, for my own products and for um, custom work for customers. Uh, it's, uh, you know, any shape I want, I can put in there. I, I do a lot of engraving. Um, some of my boards that I do, I make a, I make this thing called a margarita board. So it's, it's a, basically a cutting board with a circular pocket cut into it. Um, you put your rimming salts in there. So I can set those boards up in the machine let the tool do its thing while I'm off, you know, working on the business or working some, on some other mm. project nearby. Um, and I can check in on it if, whenever I need to, I can pause it and make adjustments. So it's that I would say that's running constantly in the shop. Um, otherwise things like, you know, uh, it sounds, it sounds kind of mundane, but this, you know, sanding is sanding and woodworking is one of the, like the banes of our existence. Nobody likes it. But so any tool, any tool or technology you can use to speed that up or, or just make it uh, less strenuous on your body or your mind, even it gets, it's boring, <laughs> put it that way. Um, you know, it's so like a, a drum sander I, I picked up recently that um, it's, it's basically a machine that it auto feeds your material through and it sands it for you. Mm. You still have to put it in, but once you put it in, you walk away, you, you take it out when it's done. And it's a pretty quick process, but it's got, it's got all these, they're always coming up with upgrades like, there's this thing called IntelliSand and in, in the one that I have. So if if you set the speed a little bit too fast or you set the depth of cut for the sandpaper a little too deep, it'll it'll blink at you and let you know that it's it's bogging down the machine or the motor. So it's basically a, a, a protective device to to 
increase the longevity of the tool. Mm. You know, mm. a, lot, a lot of a lot of older tools, a lot of older tools, you could, you know, it was easy to burn them out, burn the motors out from using them incorrectly or being too aggressive with them. So you're starting to see a lot, a lot of uh, integrations into woodworking tools more and more that they they prolong the life of it, they make your life easier as as the user. Um, and they're just, you know, they actually they they create a better finish quality on it too. So you're you're maximizing your efficiency. You're not burning yourself out. You're getting a better finish. You're getting a better product. Um, and that's that's the case for for a lot of different uh, tools in this industry. That you're starting to see come out more and so, more. It's just it's like with every phone release, there's a new app that comes out with it or a new camera upgrade or something it's the same with woodworking tools they're always adding these little bits of technology that just make your life a whole lot easier but then um how does the tool your cnc router how does it know what to print or what to create like do you do you have is it connected like to a software where you yeah upload your so, design? yeah so they so most of them uh depending on the brand you have they come with a native software um it's basically like a CAD computer-aided drafting right. software um, native to that machine. So you go, you plug in your design, whatever, if it's a shape or a word you want to cut, whatever it is. Um, and it, it translates that they're called tool paths that you set up depending. So you put in a different type of bit for a different type of right. operation. Um, and then the software translates that into what's called G code. And then uh it takes you take that to another bit of software at the machine, plug that in, and the machine translates that G code into onto the material. Mm. So you set it. You set up. It's called a zero point. So it's basically like a home base. So you you set your you know this is you set your bit to that zero point. You hit go, and then based on the feed rate you've plugged in, um, the speed you want the machine to move at, depending on the bit type, uh, the material you're cutting. You know these things can cut a lot of the time when people think. CNC, they think, I think, uh, metal machining, hmm. so uh, metal parts for uh, uh, factory machines and, and, and auto parts and stuff like that. But it can do a lot of other things. It can do wood, which is what I do. It can do acrylic. So depending on what material you're cutting, you set different feed speeds. So it just, it translates what you've plugged into the software onto the material. And it's, and with, you know, amazing accuracy and, and, I hate to say it's it's like the perfect employee, but it's like it doesn't make a mistake ever. You know, so it's, <laughs> you know it's just you you plug it in, and you know you keep an eye on it in case some you know something might go wrong here and there, just in case. But you know, for the most part, it's you know it's sort of plug and play. Um, so so one thing that I'm really passionate about uh, and talking to people about it is what digital technology has given us is uh, the uh, digital technology has. Uh, given an immense power to creators to make a choice rather than a decision. Like, and when right. I say that, uh, I mean, initially when everything was analog, um, if you put a stroke of paint on a canvas and if you wanted to try a variation of it, you had to use another canvas and you had to put another paint. But if you uh, do that, in a digital environment, you can make a copy of it. You can change its form, change its color. And now you have a choice to choose from, from what you like. Um, so for your designs, I know that the final product is something that you can touch, which is, which is a tangible product. But before that, when you make those designs in, um, in the software, uh, how do you allow yourself to 
try different variations digitally first to see what would look best and then feed it to the sort i mean do do you do that uh, in when you make those designs digitally uh yeah so so in terms of the cnc specifically um there there is also uh rendering capabilities within the software so i can hmm. you know the 3d 3d rendering capabilities so i can you know i you start out with the 2d design and and you set you know when you set all of your feeds and speeds and your depth of cut and everything it's still it's still a 2d plane that you're looking right. at but you you can render that so you can say you know i can okay at least i get the sense of the shape and maybe some of the lines and the curves on it the depth it's obviously blown up on the screen so if it's a miniature piece it's hard to tell hmm. <clears throat> until i actually do it but but yeah you can definitely go i do it all the time to go back and forth um sometimes if it's a if it's a larger piece of furniture i use i use sketchup a lot as well to do my 3D renderings, 3D modeling yeah. for those. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do a, a rough 3D model in SketchUp and then I'll I'll go into my the CNC software and I'll say, okay, well, this is the practical way of how I would do it. Hmm. Um, based on whatever the limitations or the capabilities of the machine. And then you kind of go back and forth. Okay, well, if I make it, if I shrink it a little bit, now I translate that in SketchUp and say, okay, this is how that part's going to look. So there's definitely a lot of planning that goes into it before I actually do the first cut. Um, and even, you know, if I'm doing, let's say it's a, it's an, a wooden earring, for example, and I, and I have, uh, for example, one of them I'm doing right now is a lightning bolt. It's a small lightning bolt. Hmm. So what I'll do is I'll just get a scrap piece of material that I'm not, it's not the final design. It's not the final pattern. It's, I just, I cut it to the size and thickness that I want and I'll do 10 different variations on that piece. Hmm. You know, so I, I'll go and I'll plug in in the design. I'll save I'll save the, the different G code based mm. on the parameters I put plugged in, and then I can see in real time. Okay, this doesn't work. This doesn't work, but this one does. So I can go back and I can adjust that easily in the software. Mm. Mm. So and sometimes it's a very 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 minor minor adjustment, mm. but but it's necessary. You know, and it uh, I you definitely don't just plug something in and go for it because right right. You know, it, it could it could be a total disaster that way. Uh, you know, whether it, it doesn't come out right or it looks wrong or it's the wrong size. So, so having that having that software and that ability to um, really dictate all that before you put uh, uh, the tool to the wood is is really really helpful. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, has it ever happened to you that whatever you have created itself became an inspiration for something that you would create in future? Oh yeah, it's uh, sometimes it'll you know if it's a board I've done you know sometimes it'll translate into a, a table design whether it's a shape or, or the or the patterns or the wood combinations or something. Actually, the the like the earrings I'm just talking about now there's there's a type of board that that is common uh, that I've I use, I do a lot but I've taken the patterns from that and I've translated mm. I've basically I've almost miniaturized it into these things mm. and it's and I I wouldn't be able to do that without without the CNC or the software that I'm using. Um, but because I have this experience with this other type of project, I'm able to look at that differently. And, and it's like we were talking about earlier with you know taking inspiration. Right. Um, it's even it's even photos of some of my previous work that I take sometimes and I look and I Get go, it. you know, you know, I could do something oh you you sort of put two and two together and you go, I could make this with what I've been doing already. Yeah. Just, all it is is you're just kind of shrinking that process a little bit. Right. And and again, I, I can't, I didn't think that way until I had some of these tools because mm. it just wasn't, it just wasn't practical or possible. You know? Right, right. So uh, how do you record your own creations? Uh, 
I mean, do you keep like a copy of it, like physical copy somewhere, or you take pictures and keep them in like a separate album or something like that? Uh, if it's if it's a product that I um, so I do a lot of markets and I, I I do wholesaling and I I sell direct to consumers. So if it's a product that I a product line that I have, then yeah, I have a physical physical copy of it or two, depending on what it is. Um, if it's if it's a custom piece for a client, I take, I take a lot of really detailed, you know, videos or photos of it. Um, I take notes. I, I, I keep the drafting of it with, you know, specific measurements. I'll keep, I'll make a, I'll make, or I'll keep the SketchUp model of it with specific notes. Mm. Um, and I just, I just basically keep a catalog of that. So, mm. you know, if it ever comes, if it ever comes up again, then I can just go straight to it and say, well, here's how I did this. Um, so it, it, in that way, it kind of, it kind of makes these custom projects repeatable, even though, right. You know, there's not there's not always the, the opportunity to do that specific thing again, um, but definitely, you know, especially with my own products, I, I try to create these processes and documentation so that I can make them repeatable, and it's just an easy. I can do it in my sleep almost after a while, and I think that's the goal. You know, as a small business, I want you know, I try to find that balance. I can have these things that I can just pump out. Um, and get out to people, do it markets or, or wholesale them, but it still allows me the wiggle room to, to be creative with the, the custom work as well. Hmm. And, and how do you document this? Like how, uh, the catalog, your own catalog, how do you document it? I mean, it's just, it's just photos and videos on my phone. And then I use a, I use an app for the videos. I use an app um, called CapCut. Um, super easy to, to import things. And, you know, I can, you can make a time lapse out of it, do whatever you want to do. Um, and then I, I save that to a separate uh, album. So like I was talking about before, I have my inspiration album and then I mm. have my pro- process album and then I have my finished product album. Mm. Um, you know, I, I use the rocket book. Also, I do I do little sketches of uh, and little notes as far as, you know, while I'm working on it. So uh, this is how many pieces I needed. And this is these are the dimensions. This was the pro- specific steps I took to achieve this. I upload that um, and keep that on the on the drive. Um, so it's basically it's just a series of series of albums and um, on different devices. I try to keep them in one place. They're not always in one place. But <laughs> um, do you yeah, feel mostly... a challenge? Do you feel a challenge to uh, record this information because it may? I mean, I feel it uh, all the time. Like whatever I create. Uh, I would love to keep a record of everything that I'm trying out uh, and creating, but it becomes a little bit too much uh, after a while. Oh yeah, I, it's it's a challenge for sure, and I I, I struggled with it a lot earlier on uh, when I started this business. I'm getting better at it. It's still a challenge, but I am getting better. I I've just gotten gotten used to. Um, you know, if it's, especially if it's a new, a new process or something I'm trying out, I, I'm just trying to get into the habit of setting up, setting up, I use my phone, but I set mm. up my phone on a tripod and I just record what I'm doing. Mm. Um, and at the very least I can go back and see, if I forget something, I can look through it. I don't always have time to do that, but definitely in the beginning, you know, you get so focused and I, I'm sure you're, you know, as a creator, you're the same. You get so focused on the task at hand and what you're doing and you get so into it you just forget about all that other stuff hmm. about, about documenting or taking yeah. notes or whatever. And then yeah. later on you look back, and go, Oh man, how did I do that? What did right. I like? So it's, it definitely is a challenge, but I am, I'm working on it. Let's <laughs> put it that way. I'm, I'm working on it. 
Um, now let's talk about the post creation part. So uh, your creations are ready. Um, how do you release them into the world? And what I what I mean by release is release from yourself. Like you are not going to make any changes to it. So um, so how do you release? How do you distribute? And how do you market uh, your creations? And what tools and technology do you use for that? Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of social media. Uh, I think that's just kind of the reality today for, in these days. Um, for most most small business owners, um, Instagram is big. Facebook is still actually pretty good for me. Um, so it's just I release, uh, you know, Instagram specifically. I do that's where the time lapses come into play. So I use mm. this that, that CapCut app to create time lapses that I can release as a reel on Instagram. Um, I also include I try to include a, a finished product photo if there is one. Um, the same thing I do I do the same thing on Facebook. I have, it feels like I have different clientele, so I. You know, I, I try to appeal to both markets. Um, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, I do I do a lot of in person markets, so there's not a whole lot of as far as marketing for those goes. It I sound like a stuck record. It's just a lot of social media. Hmm. Um, uh, website. I use my website. I have a Shopify website where you can uh, purchase things or order things from me directly. But then, for social media, uh, do you usually? maybe like plan your posts or schedule your posts or you just post whenever you have something ready? Oh, no, I, I definitely, I, I try to plan them as best as I can. Um, and I release them. I try to be consistent about when and how I release them as well. Specific times of days. I try to do something every day to, to stay on top of mind for, for people who are following or try to grow that following as well and grow that client base. Um, and I'll try, I, you know, I try to do things in succession if it's a, if it's a, I mean, I have, I have an album of, you know, there's hundreds of, of little snippet videos in there. And so I, what I try to do is I'll take, you know, three different ones and do three days in a row. Of, here's kind of the steps of this process for this project. Um, and then I'll do the reveal of the final thing at the end hmm. and then just, you know, start fresh with the next one. So it's, there's definitely some scheduling that goes into it. And, and, and I, t I pay a lot of attention to the insights and the analytics as well. Hmm. Um, I think, I think you kind of, in my experience, I think you kind of have to, I think posting randomly yeah. has never worked for me and, and I, I haven't heard of it working for anyone else. So. Right. Right. So then when you schedule, how do you schedule? I mean, do you schedule it maybe in a spreadsheet or something that I'm going to do this, 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 and then, uh, you put a reminders to yourself to post it or how do you how do you know uh to adhere to your own schedule yeah so i actually i just in the notes in my phone i i keep a daily you know it's pretty basic and primitive i guess but i just keep a monday tuesday wednesday thursday bullet point list here's my day-to-day -day, and at the top of every single one is my instagram real post 9 a.m instagram real post Hmm. 8 30 whatever whatever it is and i and i set an actual i set an alarm on my phone for that time every day hmm. and i just know i i base my, i base my work day off of a series of alarms really so i have one that goes off at nine o'clock and i know that that's my instagram post alarm and i have another one that goes off at noon and i know that's my facebook post alarm or whatever the case may be so it's i use my phone for everything you know i hmm. I find it's the easiest. It just works the easiest for me instead of having to go back and forth between the desktop and and using um, different scheduling software. I've tried scheduling software for social media, and I find it just doesn't. I I'm not consistent enough with it. I find I just it just works better for me to do it 
right there on my phone. I look at that list all day, every day for my, it's just my to-do list anyway. So I feel like it's right there. Why not just simplify it as much as possible that way. So, and then that is the schedule for posting. I understand. But then when it is time to post, you already know what you're going to post. Like, do you already have content ready that you can post? Yeah. Yeah. So on, so on Instagram specifically, I, I created, I'll, I usually do, it's reels that I use mostly. So I'll go in and I'll, maybe the night before I'll take the video that I'm going to, you know, from CapCut, I'll take mm. the video and I'll, I'll just create a draft. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, if there are captions or I'll add the music, um, I'll do, I'll do my caption and my hashtags and everything below um, all my settings. I'll save it as a draft so that when nine o'clock rolls around the next morning, all I have to do is I literally mm. just go into the app and hit share mm. and it's done. So I always, I try to stay a day or two ahead. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I very, very, very rarely do it in the heat of the moment. Right. It's just, I, I feel like, I feel like at that point, I, like I haven't really thought it through if, if that happens and I'm not really thinking straight. I'm just trying to, I don't want to just rush something out. I want it to be quality content, not just content for the sake of right. content. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. And then this CapCut thing that you were talking about, is that like a phone app or uh, like a desktop app? Uh, it's a phone app. Yeah. So it, it's basically a full, it's like a, you know, pretty full editing editing software on your phone um and i mainly use it for you know you can cut clips together you can transition at transitions i mainly use it for um creating the time lapses of my process hmm. you can sp speed up and slow down your clips um and it it's it's super slick i only i really only use two or three two or three features on it but it can do a lot it has a really uh pretty wide capability um, mm -hmm. for if you're just doing small videos and things like that i haven't mm -hmm. tried it for any you know youtube like uh content but for what i've for what i've been using it's been very helpful and uh the when you share what about the text of the post and hashtags like do you have them ready somewhere that you can just copy paste or you think about that at the moment um so the so the text the text i try to make relevant to just in the moment uh whatever the post is about, you know, I'll do, I'll try to do a little hook in the beginning. And then I, and then my middle paragraph is I, I go into detail about what specifically is happening. Mm. And, but I do have, I have a list, like a list of hashtags that I go through every couple of weeks to update. But <clears throat> basically my strategy is I have a list of hashtags that have half a million to a million hits and then a, a, another list that has 250 to 500,000, another one that's under 250,000 more targeted hashtags. And I just take three or four from each one. And, and I found that that's been the best strategy for me. Maybe mm. they're, you know, I'm sure everyone does it their own way, but mm. for me, that's been the most, the easiest way to keep it organized and consistent. So I'm also not, I'm not repeating hashtags all the time that way. And I'm not, um, I'm not just using the same hashtag that's got 85 million hits on it over and over and over again. And I'm going to get lost in the shuffle. So, so I try to, uh, that's definitely been helpful for me because it's social media for me has also been a challenge, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm finding things that work for me and I'm getting better and better at it over time and sort of chipping away at that, growing that following. So this, uh, I have also observed this, that this kind of like becomes your full, I mean, it, it has a potential to become like a full-time <laughs> job because uh, like oh, yeah. just publishing to social media itself is like so much time consuming so have you done any automations or any process improvements with any available technology for it 
I, I, I've just been trying to make it about consistency and making it a habit. So I've, you know, I've found that, you know, CapCut helps me. Uh, I just get in the habit. So the night before I, I spend, you know, a few minutes working on CapCut videos. And then every couple of weeks I, I update my hashtag list. And it's, it's just about staying consistent with these tools that I have, these, these notes or these, these apps that I use. And then it's just, I just get in the habit. So, mm. so it's not so much about these scheduling apps or the scheduling software. It's just, um, you know, stay consistent and, and, and make it a part of the schedule every single yeah. day yeah. and just get in the habit of it. Then it, then it feels less overwhelming to mm -hmm. me at least. Mm. Yeah. Great. Uh, so one question, what is the biggest challenge you face in your creation process? Oh man, I think space time and you know i just i work out of a two-car garage and it's fine for now but you know the, the goal is to expand eventually but that kind of limits the size of tools I, I would love to have a bigger cnc but i can't because of the space and just time i think there's you know you get so bogged down with creating inventory or creating custom work and hmm. there's administrative stuff and social media it's it's a it's a seven day a week job you know and yeah. it's, it just kind of you know, so eventually I'd love to have more space and, and maybe some employees as I, as I continue to grow and scale, but for sure, space and time. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, what is your vision for your creations? And what I mean is like, the how, how do you see yourself using technology or tools that you see around you to create in future? I think, I, I think kind of going off of the space and time thing, I think once I, once I'm able to, uh, get myself a larger CNC machine or a more powerful or faster one. I think being able to scale my work so I can, I can make things faster. I can make more at a time. I think just being able to scale things in that way, that's kind of my, my big vision. And I'm, I'm actually kind of transitioning right now from large scale furniture down into smaller, smaller things like that, like jewelry that I can produce and pump out more. And that's where the CNC, larger CNC would come, would come in handy and come into play for sure. So the short version is that's that's kind of where I see things headed is is to Great. be able to grow the footprint of my tools and reduce the size of my product. Excellent. Thanks, Josh, for visiting my podcast. It was great talking with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was great chatting. Thanks for tuning in. If you are a creator, I would love to talk with you. Please connect with me through my website or social media. See you in the next episode.